Hello, I'm Sarah Meredith, the director of Radical Man <laughs> Radical <laughs> Manifest Limited. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire and motivate people to live their dreams. Welcome, Sharon. It's a pleasure to meet you. What made you decide Afternoon. to become a... a oh, sorry, I can never pronounce it. It always comes up with celibate. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people do that. Um, yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit about what I do then. So I'm a yeah, celebrant. Please. Yeah, so um, a celebrant, for those people that don't know, is somebody who... It's a bit of an alternative to a registrar, um, although we can't at the moment legally marry people in England. Um, so basically we write and conduct ceremonies mm-hmm. and that can be for any sort of key life event. So it can, well, it can be for anything you want to celebrate, essentially. So we do things from um, weddings, wedding ceremonies, renewal of vows, namings, um funerals house blessings um just ordinary sort of blessings that people want want to do um rites of passage um i do some corporate stuff doing a baby loss ceremony uh not tomorrow saturday um yeah so what what does corporate center want then it depends um so they can do things like award ceremonies where you can mc um, but you can also do things on mindset and empowerment. Um, so people uh, maybe want to get a better sort of um, a bit more production from the staff. Mm-hmm. So things like doing empowerment and people understanding their own mindset and knowing where they sit within the company and that they're valued and all of those kind of things the companies find useful. Sorry, my dog wants his ball. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> no because I mean I've always thought of doing it it's like because I know you can do a commitment ceremony to yourself can't you yeah absolutely so, I mean, yeah. doing it, so. yeah it's it's not something I I got asked I've got asked to do it's a friend of mine who said that she'd been asked to um somebody to do um a commitment ceremony to themselves and I thought that was very interesting actually because you know, you've got to be able to commit to your life, got to commit to what's put in front of you and commit to doing it in a meaningful and purposeful way. And, you know, you've got to live your best life, I feel. So setting those goals and setting those boundaries are really important. So, yeah, that's just something that, you know, we don't often get that kind of thing, but when we do, it's interesting. So. Yeah, it's nice to to be able to to do those different things. And how did you get into it? Well, here's the here's the thing. I mean, I, I was a nurse for oh twenty one years, yeah. and um, I developed fibromyalgia. Um, my I've got a son who was born in two thousand and six, and he got diagnosed with autism we always knew there was something um he wasn't like other children yeah um and I've been struggling at work with um from well, to be honest for about three years um being off sick and having to deal with my son Henry um having to make sure that he was okay going to all his appointments we started to have things like school refusal 
Um, although school we feel we feel isn't a great term, it's more school anxiety really. Um, As in, he didn't want to go to school. No, no, he couldn't. He couldn't cope, and he still can't. He's still home educated. Yeah, he can't. Um, he just can't settle in a school environment. It's not for him. It's not how he learns. Um, so, in the end, because I was having so much time off, I was under immense amounts of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not productive at work. Yeah, I was making mistakes. I think they heard somebody at the door. Um, I was making mistakes. I was off all the time. And to be honest, I wasn't productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the end, I, I got sacked from work. Um, because, you know, and I get it. I understand yeah. that, you know, they can't keep somebody on that isn't going to do their job properly. So, um, so yeah, uh, I ended up leaving that job. Um and my fibromyalgia was really quite poor at that point. And I wasn't walking very well. I was using a mobility scooter. Wow. So, you know, it was it, it was tough. It, yeah. we, we went through some really tough times. Um, and then what happened was after about three years of home educating my son, he decided that he wanted to go back into education. So we fought really hard to get him into a specialist provision, um, which he he did go to for a while um and at that point I felt well what can I do you know I was only how old would I have been then probably about, I don't know about 44 something yeah. like that and I thought to myself you know that this isn't it for me I've got to be able to do something with my life um so I felt like I hadn't really got much of a purpose anymore I'd worked really hard on myself in terms of my fibromyalgia I was managing that much better um, and I felt that being self-employed in some way or other would be the best thing for me because I could manage my illness around the employment and the employment around my illness, you know. So managing things would be much easier. Um, and so when he started school, I decided to train as a celebrant. Um, and the reason I got into it is because my, co- my cousin's actually a celebrant. All right, okay. Um, and my dad said to me one day, I think you'd be really good at that. So I just went and chatted to her, um, watched some ceremonies. She taught me some stuff and I trained and that's where we are now. I started my business, um, last February, just before we <laughs> went into lockdown, which was great timing. So it's the way, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's it actually, it's been really good because I've been able to learn a lot more. I've been able to get myself out there a lot more on social media and market myself properly. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's actually been quite good for me. I know you call yourself the alternative, so what makes it different? Well, I, I did call myself the alternative. Right. Yeah, I'm now. I've now actually changed my because there's somebody else called the alternative celebrant. So, oh, no. yeah. So I decided to change my name to the unconventional celebrant. Yes. My business name is actually Velvet Rose Ceremonies, um, yeah. which I do like, but mm-hmm. it doesn't actually say much about me. Yes. I understand. So, yeah. So in terms of branding myself, um, I needed to look at. at what I was and who I was serving really mm-hmm. so yeah so I am the unconventional celebrant 
And I was, and, that, I was, yeah, sorry, how's that different to a conventional one? Basically, I'm, <laughs> I'm a bit more crazy than the others. <laughs> no, what, <laughs> what it means is basically that I've always, I've always been quite passionate about the fact that people should be who they want to be. Yes. And, you know, they should stand in that um, with pride, really. Yeah. Um, people shouldn't be judged by their skin colour, their gender, their personality, their sexual preference or mm-hmm. anything. Um, and, you know, I think there's not enough people who actually stand on that pedestal and say that yes. for fear of, of, of sort of somebody shouting them down, really. Whereas I'm very loud and proud about it. I'm quite happy. Um, and it doesn't matter to me whether a person wants to jump out of an aeroplane for their wedding day or they want a very formal sort of traditional type yeah. wedding ceremony. I can do both things. And it doesn't, at the end of the day, it's up to that person. It's up to the couple and um, what they want. Um, and I'm just not going to judge them for it. That's something that I pride myself on is being able to to work with um, the people that are having the ceremony and say, okay, well, let's think outside the box. Let's think really about what it means to you um, and why you want to do things in this particular way. And are they they ever religious ceremonies or not? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I mean, some people, I would, I would say there's a certain percentage of them that are um there's not lots because Mm. people tend to mix us up with humanist celebrants yeah i was gonna ask you if there's a difference yeah yeah humanists are different to independent celebrants so humanists don't sort of believe in the in in the religion yeah they, they, they don't do they don't sort of um put any of that in any service Mm-hmm. However, independent celebrants will do that. So if somebody wants a Lord's Prayer or a particular reading or something, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah, because I looked into humanism before and mm. found that it's a bit, it's like a bit too far out on the other side for me. On the other way. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Easter. I'm somewhere in the middle, as in I'm not religious. Well, I'm more spiritual than religious, but I mean, you know, I'm a, I wouldn't be in a position to be like, oh, there's no God, there's no, you know, religion, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's 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 pretty much where I am because I'm not sure what there is because you know, yeah. nothing's been proven to me yet and I, I don't know so, where I sit. So um, I'm quite happy to, to talk about God and, you know, do Bible verses and things like that. If my customer is religious, that's yeah, that's what I'm there for, you know? And to me, I think if there's no proof there is, there's also no proof there isn't either. So it's... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I know some people would disagree if there's, you know, but I just think that, you know, we don't know, do we? We don't know no, until we've passed on. What like, I'm yeah, yeah. Like I say, at the end of the day, you've got to stand in, uh, you know, true to what you believe, haven't you, really? Yeah. And um, just hope that people don't, shout you down for it but yeah to me you just gotta say how you feel so I mean I'm learning noise if people do they're not your tribe mm-hmm. there's always someone That's out there it. you know and I think sometimes we fall into this trap of 
almost forcing ourselves to stay friends with people that we don't fit with anymore or whatever in the fear we're not going to find anyone else to be friends with or in a relationship with or whatever and it's like this you know there's seven billion people out there yeah exactly I mean for me I've learned I've learned that the hard way in a way really yeah um there's people that I don't speak to now there's people in my family I don't speak to there's people um there's friends that I've had for years that don't speak to me anymore and that's okay yeah that's that's fine it's not nice it's not nice no it's not nice but I've come to the realization that you know people have got to understand me yes and understand what I stand for and if they can't do that and they can't take time out to do that they don't have to agree with me yes but if they don't take that time out to understand and want to know then I can't reciprocate that either it's 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 the balance isn't it yeah and I think a lot of people well I say a lot I know for myself personally I've learned that a lot through lockdown you know just like who was there and who wasn't I'm not saying it's a measure of friendship I realize we've all had other things going on but then equally there's the people that literally disappeared <laughs> and didn't yeah. come back you know when you think yeah. just, you know you get I think with the whole COVID situation however however you believe it whether you believe it's true or not the whole you know what I mean we've all been on lockdown whether we believe in it or not and um I think it just has given us time to evaluate what we want moving forward so I think that's been a, a it's, it's been an interesting time yeah. it's been an interesting time and I think um I think people are becoming more I'm going to use the word selfish I don't necessarily mean selfish I mean they realizing exactly what they want exactly yeah. how they want to live their lives and when it comes in terms of weddings and things like that they're absolutely you know they they absolutely do want something that is them. They do yes. want something that says, this is me. This is what we're all about. So um, I've just been booked for next, no, not next year, the year after, 2023, Halloween. And um, it's a full on Gothic wow. ceremony, wedding, the whole thing. And that is all because they're like, this is who we are, this is what we stand for, this is the people we get involved in, this is our community, yes. and that's what we want on our wedding day. Oh, that's fair enough. Regardless of what anybody, all the noise, all the chatter, and, yeah. you know, Aunt Fanny wants such and such a thing, and whoever wants something else, and, you know, there's a well, lot... But she's not having to pay for it, though, is she? <laughs> well, exactly. That's exactly. always been my... If, if they're not having to pay for it, then they either turn up or they don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. You know, I think when you, I mean, I know we're talking about weddings a bit here, but when you get on that, I call it the wedding train. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get on that wedding train, you start on, on your wedding planning journey, you're going along the track and everything's all okay. And then more people get on. They get on this wedding train and they influence and they take you further down the track of traditional yeah. wedding or what do you think about this? Are you going to do this? what we're we going to eat, who's going to be invited. And the more and more people get on, the further down that track you get, and it's more and more difficult to get off. Yes. Um, and then and you feel overwhelmed and you think, I don't want to get married anyway. 
absolutely absolutely well, if this is how it's going to be i don't want to do it because actually this isn't what i envisaged when i got on the train like 30 yeah. miles away you know so i always always i go and meet my clients and if i can't go and meet them because they're too far away because i travel uk wide we do a zoom and we have a very very honest conversation about exactly what they want exactly what they don't want which is really important yes um and you know how are we going to get there we visit the we visit the um the venue wherever it might be get our creative juices flowing and we're like oh what about if we do this and what about if we have thought about that and you know it's all about getting them thinking because at the end of the day no matter what ceremony it is whether it be a funeral or anything any kind of ceremony with a celebrant the only limit is the imagination yeah and that's like that's can I get married on the beach and things like that yeah well, have you ever had to do like a viking funeral or anything like that i've done um i was gonna say i've done a viking wedding i haven't done a viking wedding but i've done a viking shoot two seconds um so the viking shoot that i did um was absolutely stunning and mm-hmm. I can see myself doing a Viking wedding. We have the horns and we have the wow. robes and the whole, you know, it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. I did a hand fasting down by the pond, um, completely covered over. It's beautiful, wow. absolutely beautiful. Um, we had loads of candles. Um, it was just, it was just amazing. And it, it is just those bits that you know you have to take yourself out of the. The, this is what happens when people get married box yes and put yourself in a box where you're willing to do whatever you want um sort of sort well, of I mean, discuss different things <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah i mean we know that sorry i'm just gonna it's all right i'm going to drink more to drink <laughs> um we know that celebrants can't legally marry people but that's being worked on at the moment so so you, you couldn't become a registrar and then become a celebrant. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can. You can. No, you can't. But you can't act as both right. together. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you couldn't like get someone to do the the registry <laughs> bit and then yeah, go into the other role. Yeah, that's what we would do. So basically, um, couples that you normally use a celebrant do something called the two plus two ceremony. Yes. Um, and if you think of it as a, a registration of marriage, like you would register a birth before a question or a naming. Yeah, I mean, I, I, so, did, I did get married in a re- my second marriage. I got married in a registry office, so I know how basic they can be. Yeah. But, I mean, there's no ceremony at all. It's literally um, Go in inside the papers over a desk. This dog's going to knock my back drop down in a minute. Bring it out. Oh, so you can actually, you can actually, literally sign the paperwork to be married, but not actually have a ceremony with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in a registry office, is, you can go and sign it, sign it. Yeah, right. Yeah. You make an that. appointment. You make yes. an appointment. It's called two plus two. So it's the the the, the couple plus two witnesses. Yeah. You say your legal words. That's it. Done. Wow. Ten minutes over a desk. Turn up in your jeans. That's it. Quite funny, my yeah. second marriage, I actually, they, you know, when they said, will you take this man? I like, paused. 
Nah, he's all right. I mean, he's me as dad, so you know what I mean. We still get on, but still looking back, I can see why I paused. <laughs> I, mean, I got married. I mean, I've been married nearly 20 years now. Yeah. Um, and I got married in a register office because back then there was really either church or register office. There wasn't really a third option for me. Um, but we talked really about the you and our house. I mean, well, I mean, I'd imagine 20 years ago they were cheaper than they are now. But even now, yeah. they're still, what, 120 quid at the most? I think. For... I mean, to just get married, to just register oh, it's more to get than married. It's more oh, than to that, register. Is just to register the two plus two is under 100 pounds. Oh, is it? No, because I... Yeah. Because I remember, I think it was I got married in Shrewsbury. Right. And, um, at the time, and I think it was like about 120 for the, you know, because it was a ceremony. But I know that yeah. there's some registry officers that are really nice, aren't they? You can have like a proper very, ceremony. Yeah. yeah, very nice. Yeah, I think Coventry's quite nice from what I've heard. Yeah. Um, but um, Staffordshire, in Staffordshire, we can actually do something called dual ceremony. Right, okay. So that means the registrars um, will work with the celebrant on the same day. Right, okay. So they do the legal bits, and we do the, the other bits that the, the, the couple want. So they um, can actually, so say you, they were getting married, well, for our, you say they were getting married on the beach, so the registrar could come to the beach? Yeah. Or, not, or does it have to be in an actual place? No. It, it has to be a registered venue. So right. if they've got a registered venue on the beach, just bear with me a minute. Oh, I'm just going to pause this a minute because Mia's calling me. Um, where we so were. Where no, we? You were saying about the beach. If the beach has a registered That's place. That's right, yeah. So if it's a registered venue and they have a yeah. beach, um, normally what, what they say is it has to be... Um, I think it has to have it has to be a permanent place. It has yes. to be a permanent building. So there has to be a building on the beach. Right. It couldn't be just on a beach. Or it could be like a hotel attached to a beach. Because yeah. Know, I well, I know in Spain and stuff they'll have a beach attached to a hotel. But I don't know. If, I'd imagine That's there are it. some places in the UK where I would imagine sort of down south maybe they've got something like that. But. Um, yeah, that's the that's the stipulation. Or they could get married uh, and sort of get legally married in the venue, and then, and then actually go and then do the, the beach ceremony. with the celebrant. Yes, celebrant. Yeah, yeah, there's always it. options. <laughs> there's <laughs> always options. You know, there's there's always something we can do. So we have the um, you, and I know. Did you you did you haven't done a Viking funeral, but um. When you do things funeral related, I assume the actual burial and stuff like that, or the cremation, crema what? What? How does it work? What happens during a? Well, it's it's well, it's difficult because yeah. At the moment, um, a lot of funeral directors, um, funeral directors are they're lovely people and we need yes. them. However, they also don't tend to sort of look outside the box a little bit. Um, right. A funeral is a funeral is a funeral. Mm -hmm. So, and that to me just doesn't wash. I'm just going to show me, the door. Yeah. 
I suppose it's because they're so used to it being this, you know, I mean, they've probably done it for years before you find when you meet them. Yeah. And that's, right. They've done it all their lives or. Exactly. The and the majority <laughs> of people, the thing is, people don't know what they don't know, do they? No. So, so when I go and see a family, maybe I've got called by a funeral director and they'll say, um, have you got space to do a funeral? Such as a place, such as a time. Yeah, that's fine. No problem. I'll yeah. arrange to go and see a family. So when I go and see the family and say to them, what options have you been given? What are your choices? What has the funeral director discussed with you? Um, and they'll normally say to me something like, well, we had to choose between a celebrant and clergy. And it was um, cremation or burial. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was either graveside or crematorium. I'm like, oh, okay, right. Do you know that you can actually have your ceremony any way you like? You don't even have to have a ceremony, do you either? If you, you don't, don't have to have a ceremony, you know what I mean? You if it's direct cremation. Yeah. Yeah. So the, there's lots of, I mean, people might sound shocked when I say this, but legally, when, I've got to be careful, I'll put this, when um, a person passes away. Yeah. And the, the death certificate or the, the release form has been given to their next of kin. That then makes the deceased person the next of kin's property. I know that sounds quite cold. <laughs> I know it sounds dodgy, doesn't it? But yeah, oh, so, legal way, they, so they're technically responsible for paying for everything as well. So that's yeah. Is it a, yeah. So it's all on their head then. Yeah. But the thing is, they can also make the decisions. Yes. And there is no law unless unless there is a communicable disease, and that is like, like for instance, COVID during the during yeah, someone had yeah. Died unless COVID, there's that's a different yeah. Unless there's something like a communicable disease that can be passed on after death, mm-hmm. there is no reason why you can't have your funeral ceremony in the local pub. If that's where the person used to go all the time, you know, because I think we see a funeral as something that is, um, we're in we black. mourn, we're very sad, it's somber, it's all of those things. And yes, it is. Yeah, it of course, it's not be, like something to, oh, it's hard to explain, isn't it? Could, it's not a party. You celebrate, you know, yeah, you celebrate not, the, the life, but, you know, it's not yeah. like, yeah, well, it depends who it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's not like Margaret Thatcher dies. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and we have that song. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that one. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, if a person, you know, if a person was somebody who, I don't know, loved karaoke, say, yeah, right, why are we taking that person on their last journey into a crime and singing hymns? Yeah. Why? Why aren't yeah. we taking them to the pub that they went to every Saturday night and having a dang good karaoke? Yeah. We can still celebrate them. We can still be respectful. We can still mourn. We can still do all of those things. Yeah. But in a more purposeful and represented way. But see, once I'm, I know it's a bit more bit of question, but once they've got the person's got the next to kin, once they've technically got ownership of the body, um, would they have to be? buried before you do something or can you do something 
yeah we can do something quite quickly usually yeah but what what happens is they will still they would still employ a funeral director yeah to to obviously um keep the deceased person um well maintained and keep them safe and all of those things that have to be done yeah because i'm sure that legally you don't even oh i think i went down that rabbit hole one time i'm sure you don't even tech although that's what people tend to use i don't think legally you have to use a funeral director do you no you know i mean that's what i mean it's the automatic thing people do but it's not like yeah I think yeah, it is this the thing, and they use the same funeral director for everybody that dies in the family because that's just what they do. Yeah. You know, we know that funeral director; they know they're going to do a good job, and we go back to them all the time. Yeah, that's just that's just as we are; we're creatures of habit as human beings. But even though you are still employing a funeral director, that doesn't mean that the ceremony has to be at the graveside or in a crematorium. Yes. You can say to that funeral director, these are the things that I want to happen. You know, yes, I want you to keep my person safe and, and in, in with you. Uh, yes, I would like you to dress them ready for the ceremony. Yes, I would like you to do A, B and C and provide flowers and, and, and various other things. But actually, the ceremony, I'm going to be going here and I'd like you to bring my loved one there, pick them up. And then go and take them to have a direct cremation. We're not going to have a cremation yeah. at a ceremony at the creme. I would yeah. like to go and do that afterwards. And that so is fine. Beautiful. Yeah, it's so much more meaningful. But I think, I think, I don't know. I think there's a long way to go with it because yes. I think people. I think, especially don't in the get UK, yeah, yeah, especially in the UK, we're still quite. It's still quite a taboo subject, isn't it? Whereas in some yeah. other cultures, I mean, you, it's yeah. If you look about. at like, yeah, if you look at like African cultures, that's something they do all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, they well, they, I mean, they do. I mean, all I don't time. know enough about it, but I'm assuming they almost like you know, you know, what I mean, they celebrate the spirit going or or Absolutely. whatever they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I do a lot. Uh, I tend to do quite a lot of pagan stuff. So yeah, like the other week I did a blessing. Um, so I called in the quarters and I did a hand fasting and we did all of those things I did a, a crystal um crystal blessing so people in the in the uh, from the guests of the wedding um set affirmations into crystals that they'd chosen that they were pulled to so yeah there's lots of things like that so I don't tend to do standard and boring your phone is downstairs on the sofa Mia can you please shut the door It's an animals. <laughs> I know. Excuse <laughs> me, I haven't got a husband. Uh, he, he called it. Well with nice. me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I do. I do loads of things like that, and you know, it. I, I'm not the kind of person that does a traditional thing. Yeah. Um. If that's what a person wants, that's fine. But probably they're really not my ideal client, and they're really not yeah, my couple. Yeah, because Oh, I, I don't want to say again because I don't want to end up but are they celebrant celebrants are there celebrants out there that do li- literally just traditional stuff yeah yeah absolutely and you can see behind me I mean these are my colours these are my brand colours it's all out because I'm doing a, a wedding fair on yeah. Sunday so I'm hanging it all out get, drop the creases out and stuff oh, so nice. but these are my colours I don't do yeah. 
creams and pastels and wedding <laughs> type things you know it's very much sort of um I'm here and this is me and you know if you want to work with me you've got to be prepared for some really honest and deep conversations about exactly what you want and I know you said in in the info you sent me that sometimes uh, more than two people want to get married has yeah. that actually happened to you have you married three people well however? no I haven't yet but I would love to yeah I would absolutely love to because I mean I've got a couple of friends who were actually in polyamorous relationships yeah. um and they they would like to have a wedding and ceremony it's a bit of shame the law can't change on that really because I, I mean it's not for me it's not for me that's not where I go but I think it's beautiful when it mm. is for you you know that when that's mm. your thing so I, yeah. I don't see why the law can't change <laughs> who knows, how, who knows? How, would it, how would it work would they have to like marry two people and then have the celebration no what I mean well, they don't like... have to do anything they don't have to legally yeah. do anything if they don't want to true they can just have a wedding ceremony it depends what they want I mean of the of the two lots of polyamorous people that I know and um, the two sets of three um one is um three guys and two were married to each other but then what happened is they met somebody else yes um and he has now become the third person in that relationship they love each other dearly they live together you know it's so nice um and the other throuple is um two women and a guy and um, two women are in love with each other too yeah yeah cool. yeah so everybody's in love with each other and it's it's beautiful yeah like I say I mean it's not for everybody but it for those that it's for yeah why do we, why should we deny them that privilege of being able to say we're married we, we shouldn't um exactly. and if I can go some way to rectifying that in providing ceremonies and some kind of a validation mm-hmm. then that is that is good I think yeah because I think at the moment it's illegal but I can't remember what the law what, what is it called if, if I can't remember what it's called what do you mean you know if you married one person then you married someone else later on oh bigger me bigger me yeah <laughs> yeah Mm. as I say it's such an outdated law really like I realize yeah, it is. Okay. To, you know things maybe need to protect be protected in some way but even what well, I classify normal marriages have to be you know I mean to make sure that someone's not coming over here for well yeah. I don't even agree with that anyway but. but I mean if if you if the if the like you say if the safety measures are there for two people why can't they be there three it's beyond me Exactly, especially as considering like years ago, you know, like Henry VIII, he had eight wives, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But ash, it's crazy. But there you go. Well, thank you very much for coming to talk to me today, Sharon. It's been so interesting learning about what you do. That's okay, no problem at all. Um, I just wanted to um let people know really the kind of things that I do. So, yeah. um. Obviously, I'm a celebrant, but I also do um, a wedding vows workshop. Oh, that's cool. So if, if you don't book me as your celebrant, if you book me as your celebrant, I'll help you with the wedding vows anyway. 
Yes. But if people don't think me as a celebrant, I do a wedding vows workshop. So um, sitting down and writing your vows can be super difficult. Um, people think it's going to be really easy and it isn't. <laughs> so I help people through that. Um, it's an hour's Zoom call or meeting or whatever, um, depending on the distance between us. Um, so yeah, that's something that I do. Um, and I'm also looking at doing a, a done for you service. So I'm looking at doing a, having a list of suppliers that I work with yeah. and matching those suppliers to couples and creating a, a complete package. So providing the photographer, the videographer, the cake, the venue, the everything else and providing a complete package. So that's sort of something that I'm working on at the moment as well. Thank so you. fingers in all pies. <laughs> way of the world nowadays isn't it focusing on one thing so i'm going to stop recording now